You know what we could do? We could we could do it like a um um like what do you do with your therapist? Word association, ready? So I'll just say a word and you guys say the first word to come to mind. Okay. Like let's let's uh let's practice, ready? You think that's what therapy is, by the way? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. <laughs> I'm playing that's, word association. So <laughs> I'm gonna that's say, the best part of the whole pod. That's the header. <laughs> I'm gonna say, ready? One, two, three, sun. Moon. Mother. <laughs> They're all going to be mother for me, Tim. You said it was therapy. <laughs> 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys. member of the team, Romeo. Yes, I brought the puppy today. He's got a lot of strong opinions about 2003. He's got got thoughts, does he? Um, He was like, Tim's selection for this year sucks. I need to come in. (laughs) So speaking of dogs, we got our host has got the hair of the dog. He is sick as a dog. Uh, It's Mr. Tim Plain. This podcast is being recorded in battle conditions in Asheville, North Carolina. Right, but not hair of the dog usually implies that i've had a hard night drinking well i was trying to make you cooler than you are i know uh, yeah no i am just <laughs> like sick sick like well sick. you made the mistake of going taking children on a trip that'll do it every time oh yeah uh, man yeah. petri dish six six days uh five days on a bus with 75 seniors in high school hitting dc but now i am back uh i am sick 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 i had a a 101.5 fever on Sunday. And, and I don't think 52-year-olds are supposed to get fevers that high. I don't know. That's a bad fever uh, for, but, um, for men I, of a certain age. I had shivers and, and it, it was a mess. So I'm did you have of, a little did you have a little bell you could ring to get I, stuff for yourself? Dude, I went to bed at 4 p.m. Sunday night and woke up at noon. Didn't get out of bed till noon on Monday. I mean, uh, I was erect. Helen's like, should I check on him? That's funny. Um but so, then she decided to not to. That's yeah, it. No, that's dude, listen, quality. don't mess with success. Yeah. So <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the podcast, it, it's now we've never we've never cut it this tight before, gentlemen. It is six thirty seven on Tuesday night. This thing needs to be posted by eight a.m. So no edits. No edits. Ladies and gentlemen, what you are hearing is the raw, unexpurgated director's cut of the 2003 that's podcast. So, that's why it's seven hours. Typically, that's, right. that's about how long it takes us to get an hour of usable content. Wait till you hear how smooth we are in one take. This is going to be great. Tim, I'm going to remind you now that you're you're coughing yeah, and snuffling. I'm so sorry. So keep I'm that, sorry. Try to keep that to a minimum. Well, and, and I think what we need to do is, is just all promise each other this is going to be the sad somber podcast tonight and we're not going to make each other laugh at all it's just going to be like <laughs> so nothing nothing different for our listeners no laughing <laughs> okay that almost that almost all right i'll try it. um so this is i'm bringing you the the michael jordan flu game right now as i was a, gonna say as the co-host and uh let's get started right off the bat with the Grammy-winning album of 2003, Ben Barton, what's our constant complaint about the Grammy voters? Too old, go with the, and too weird. But basically, they go with the retro acts. Excellent. It's the Grammy winner. Speaker Box, The Love Below by Outcast. Surely this will be different.
I'm ready for action. Nip it in the bud, we never relaxing. Now cast is everlasting, not clashing, not at all. But see, my nigga went to do a little acting. Now that's for anyone asking. Give me one and pass them. Drip, drip, drop, there it goes an orgasm. Now you coming out the side of your face, we tapping right into your memory bank. Thanks. So click at the ticket, let's see your seatbelt fasten. Trunk rattling like two midgets in the back seat rattling. Speaker box vibrate the tag, make it sound like aluminum cans in a bag. But I know y'all wanted that 808, can you feel that BASS bass? But I know y'all wanted that 808, can you feel that BASS bass? Was this a makeup call? Did did they really regret not picking the previous Outcast album? I have no, no idea, but this album was a much, 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 much bigger hit. And also the um Hey Ya was just was a crossover hit where they were like, Well, that sounds like a Prince song. And that was what hooked them for sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. How great does that sound? I mean, oh that... my god, the, I forget. I mean, so the, uh, the chorus is so boom, boom, unbelievably boom. catchy. The chorus uh, is such an earworm that you forget how great the verse is. So and I don't know. Honestly, sounds like a different song. I don't know if you remember the video, but the video features a particularly attractive woman standing next to an automobile for the vast majority of it. And my friend told me a hilarious story of um, uh, this: the woman who was in the video worked out in the same uh, gym that he did in Atlanta. Okay, and he, and he tried to he tried to make a move by going up to her and saying, "Hey, girl, I saw your video." And she's like, "Oh, you mean the Outcast video?" He's like, "No, no, I mean your video." <laughs> Sadly, it didn't work. It's <laughs> like, "Thank you very much." Oh, I just love that. I love that. Like to run into the woman in the, the way you move video is just part of his life story. Pretty good. Now I got to Google that the way you move video. Got it. I wonder what she's doing now. Maybe some listener will bump into her at another Atlanta. Uh, Maybe workout so. club. Maybe my so. guess, my guess is real estate. That's my guess. Okay. Good call. Good call. Um, let's get into the events of 2003. You may recall a war against Iraq. Saddam Hussein being captured by the United States Army. Ben Barton, where was he when he was captured? I believe the technical term is spider hole. Isn't that where he was? Wasn't he in a spider hole? He was in a spider hole. And, and Timmy, I, I I get confused sometimes with movies. Did he become Spider-Man? Is that what he happened? Did, did he get bit by a radioactive Iraqi spider? Nope. He was uh, hiding in a spider hole with, I, I think, $500,000 of U.S. banknotes, an AK-47, and a Glock. Uh, and, and a U.S. Army soldier uh, whacked him in the mouth with the butt of his M-16 and pulled him out of the spider hole. And then... That's uh, like finding the the boardwalk monopoly piece in McDonald's Monopoly. You I mean, know, when you're like, oh yeah, no, dude. When your Seriously? spider hole has Saddam Hussein in it, you're like, hey, I win. I, honestly, that's such a great call, Jeff. And also that guy, his his the sergeant was like, dude, did you clear all the holes? He was like, Yeah, sure, I did. He's like, Don't bullshit me with the clear all. Get in there, make sure he's like, dude, there are all these filled with cobwebs. What, what are you doing? Like, seriously, this is what is my job now. My current working job is to go through and look at dirty holes. And he's like, yeah, that's your job. That's your job. Stop stop lip. And then he's like, yeah, I found something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, Good stuff. Um, Ben, I'm also going to come at you for this. June June, uh, 23rd, the Supreme Court announced that it's a, a ruling on affirmative action. Do you remember the ruling in 2003? Yeah, that's the Michigan case, right? Yes. I forgot the name. Uh, maybe it's Bollinger? Is Gruder Bollinger or something like that? Okay. Anyhow, that's a, yeah, that's a really famous one. Seriously endangered in your 2022. That seems very, very likely to go next, uh, next term. So affirmative action was upheld in 2003. Uh, it, that that one an institution could take race into consideration along with other factors yeah. in in determining their the makeup of their student body in higher education 
yeah, and it's a great, I mean, it's a great story. Like Michigan laid the groundwork for it. They knew there was going to be a lawsuit. They did all of the work. They had a bunch of studies underlaying it. They built like the perfect system. It wasn't um, one where they just threw it at the wall and then they just buried the Supreme Court under data and analysis showing. Um, and and uh, and so, yeah, it's going to be, it'll be a shame uh, if and when the Supreme Court gets rid of it. I mean, on the, on the other hand, so here's what I'll say though, is that the, the Michigan studies really showed broad diversity. Um, and it's a, it's not good to basically just boil it down and be like, all oh, that matters is facial diversity. I mean, right. facial diversity is amazing, and I'm not anti that. Of course, I'm super pro gender diversity too. But you really want to get a full mix of folks, basically. Mm -hmm. Right. But that being said, to get a full mix of folks, you have pretty much have to take race into account. I mean, look yep. what happened in Texas and California. If you don't take race into account, uh, bad things happen pretty quick. Yeah, the year after the University of California was prevented from keeping from using race as a consideration, only 14 African-American men were accepted to the University of California, Berkeley in the incoming class. The next 14. Year. 14 individual people. Yeah, that's not that's not the diversity you're looking for. Not a lot. Not a lot. Oh, um, all right. Uh, we also have um, this is a bizarre non non sequitur uh johnny depp <laughs> that is earns, a non sequitur earns an oscar nomination for supporting actor what role it's got to be pirates right it is, is it pirates, pirates of the caribbean where he played keith richards yeah. and so i ask you was that really a keith richards impersonation oh my god down to the like skeletons hanging from his head i mean it's so good that keith richards kind of became johnny depp doing him after that, like Keith Richards became more like Johnny Depp's Keith Richards after seeing that movie than he was before the movie came out. It's and Depp so was great. Clear about it too. He's said like, oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's Keith Richards. He he's like, I'm doing this as Keith Richards. Yeah, totally. It was a great call. It made the movie like so much more entertaining to have so that just be buried. Like, because Keith Richards, you could argue, is the closest thing we've had in in the modern Western world to a pirate. You know, he keeps weird hours. He takes what he wants. He doesn't play okay. by anybody's rules. Okay. Like he's beloved everywhere he goes, even though he's a scallywag. I mean, he's, <laughs> it's a, I thought, I thought that was, that was a brilliant move on Depp's part. Wait, so when you guys saw the movie, so I saw the movie and I thought, oh, Johnny Depp is brilliant. I never thought of Keith Richards because I didn't. Oh, I did five oh, I seconds. Did, totally. Like he walked on stage and you said did. his first line and I turned to somebody and was like, Keith Richards awesome and oh, then it just hilarious. got better after oh that's that. hilarious that you had that right from the get-go that's awesome uh i wonder if there's got to be someone on youtube who's put together like videos comparing like a side oh like an a and b yeah. i'm sure there is go check that out you know what i did that for megan slankard and the the uh female lead in tangled the disney movie yes yes you remember tangled the Rapun yeah, totally. rapunzel sure. she <laughs> You cannot, if you know Megan, you cannot watch that movie and not think that they like somebody knows her, uh, the Disney crew, because oh, that's the hilarious. A, the AB of those two people is hilarious. Oh, awesome. Um, all right. Uh, sad news, and, and I'm sure I'm going to ask you to to reach back into your your memories, but it was the 2003 where we had the Station nightclub fire in warwick rhode island oh yeah great white I remember the story great white took the stage um and they had some pyrotechnics go off uh towards the side and the um the i guess it was the speaker's insulation or something about the sound for the room that caught on fire and within a minute the stage was just engulfed well, also the ceiling, a low ceiling, and low it wasn't ceiling. it wasn't fire protected. Like the ceiling burst into flames so, consistently uh, too. A so. hundred people died uh, in that fire. Uh, I think three hundred had some sort of uh, injury from it. So just a horrible, horrible night. And I'm wondering, like, I know surely before 2003, I was going into clubs to see bands, and I would I would make a mental note of the exits. And I'm wondering, can you think, I guess you don't have to mention any names, but can you think of any places you've played or seen concerts where you're like, oh, dear God, if anything were to go haywire? Oh, yeah. I mean, most places have one door in the front, you know, like the long hallway. Um, yeah, the 12 Galaxies in San Francisco, which is no longer with us, felt like a fire trap every time I went into it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that so one. I don't worry about fires, but we had... Um... 
several different experiences in Bonnaroo where basically they do a really nice job at Bonnaroo. They have a separate pit area that you have to wait in line for. But if the act gets big enough, yeah. it can be a real mess getting into the pit. And we had one. And it, the thing that made it super noticeable was that it was it was a couple's thing. So India was there and a couple of other female friends were there. And the four guys that I was with, we formed like a circle with the women in the middle. And we were still just like bobbing in a sea of humanity and um, like super, super, super tight. Uh, and so that, that, that gets a little frightening. Yeah, I've been to a couple of punk shows like that. For sure. Do you get out or do you stay with it and go with it? You can't go anywhere. You can't go anywhere. It's such a massive humanity that you just like hope that it ends. You just have to stay zen and and breathe and keep your arms away from you. Yeah. I don't like it. I'm not like, yeah. But, uh, and I'm less likely to, Ben is braver than I am. I'm less likely now to put myself in that situation. I'm like, you know, it looks okay from the 50 yard line too. (laughs) So... (laughs) Yeah, I don't know if I like people that much to be there. Although I will say, you know who I like? Dan Meir. Listener Dan Meir uh, texted us. And, and I hate the fact that you guys aren't on the, um, the Twitter feed. So you don't get messages. You don't get the Facebook messages. Uh, but he, he wrote to us and he said, hey, guys, I've been catching up on the podcast during my runs. Love to hear music and laugh along with you. Missed hearing you today on my 17 miler since I actually caught up last week. So I said, oh my God, great. You've been listening for that long and you've caught up. This is great. Um, And he says, I did want to say thanks for bringing in level 42. Not sure if you're serious (laughs) for laughs, but they're one of my favorite bands, especially the stuff before something about you. And, and quiet, please. And especially thanks for being relatable humans when lots of folks aren't. So Aww, thanks, Dan. Timmy, the thing that I love is you start by saying, since you can no, not verify that this is a real person, you have you have no <laughs> access to this information. There's a guy <laughs> whose name is Golda. I mean, Dan Mir. And this guy, I'm going to give a personal detail so you think it's real. He runs yeah. 17 miles. Not, not, and, not and like just miles. Out, and it's weird. He loves level 42. These are the things that you need to know about Dan Mir. <laughs> Very specific with the mileage. <laughs> if I said 10 miles, you would have doubted. No, the 17 shit. miles really brought it to me, but I'm on to you, man. I am on to you. <laughs> by the way, he's either made up by you or he's like a level 42 underling. <laughs> Maybe he's, yeah, he, he's in the band. He might actually be the, the manager of level well, 42. This guy, I mean, this guy has to be our vintage, right? Because he's, he knows he's, he's pre something about you level 42. Yeah, that's a level, all right. <laughs> that really is. So that's Dan, like level 41. Dan, to clarify, <laughs> my love for level 42 is real. There well, are we some, have no doubt about your love, Timmy. <laughs> there are some non-believers on the podcast. Although I think, Ben, you've run seven, you've run marathons before, right? I have, yeah. 17 Jeff? miles a long way. Jeff, have you ever run 17 miles? No, f- uh, 13 and a half is my longest. Well, 17 miles, Dan, so... I'm I'm hoping you're on a long run right now listening to this and uh, the 50 years of music with 50-year-old white guys want you to let you know to keep on plugging away. Because there's something about you. (laughs) We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse, carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see, we could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And we're back. (laughs) Nice. Smooth as glass. I uh, I thought of going uh, to Syracuse um, and their journalism school, broadcast journalism, but... Anyways, uh, we're going to get to our number one selling album of 2003. Quite a a one-two punch here with the Grammy and the number one. It's the number one album. Get Rich or Die Tryin' by 50 Cent. Go, 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 go
it's your birthday. We gon' party like it's your birthday. We gon' sip a card like it's your birthday. And you know we don't give a fuck if that's your birthday. You'll find me in the club. Damn, and Dre, Eminem was the number one hit last year, right? Yeah. Dre is just yeah. on, on fire. fire. On fire. Yeah. When does he roll out his uh, headphones? It's uh, another uh, six or seven years. Yeah. Not far? Okay. Do you remember it's during the All-Star game? Like for if it's during the home run derby and they get Iovine, LeBron James, and Dr. Dre in the booth with Chris Berman. And he's like, so I'm here with three people who I don't know, and they're going to plug something. And like, they, they throw the mic to LeBron. He's like, I'm here with my good friend, Jimmy Iovine. And we're talking about Beats headphones. It was the funniest <laughs> attempt to just like casually, like to do like an NBA on TNT style rollout of Beats headphones. I got to find that on YouTube and watch it again. I was laughing so hard. That is great. Is this album cover the the high point of the toxic masculine gangster rap, rap nadir? Is the 50 Cent album cover with the bullet holes like the 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 low point? I don't know, man. There's some DMX ones where they're kind of yeah. snarling. Um, but yeah, no, with the bullet holes is a lot here for sure. Yep. Um, and also it depends how you feel about it. I mean, the 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 can't wait to die or whatever the Biggie Smalls record. Well, this that one's called get too. this one's called get rich or die trying. That's the yeah, name of the record. At least it has a, at least it has a, a, something that's not just dying. There's another option. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Get rich. Into in, indeed. Yeah. Get rich. There's there's a great. I think I've already mentioned it on this cast podcast before, but Tim Fight is another Chicago rapper, and he has a hilarious parody song about this album cover called "I Got Shot." And it's about like, you know, having his having his A&R guy shoot him in the ass so that he can sell more records. Oh, it's so uh, it's so funny. I, I got to find it for you guys at some point. Ben, but yeah, it's great. Ben, did you notice Jeff saying, I don't know if I've mentioned this on this podcast or not, as if as if we've become just another podcast. No, That's I meant funny. on our podcast, not stop. this podcast. It is true. I just guested. Yeah. On our new friends' podcast, they do a very cool. Uh, they do a very cool show where they take an artist, one artist at a time, and then they they uh, decide what the top three songs are. This for is each, Bill, uh, Bill Noto's podcast. Yeah, but... yeah. So um, and y'all did um, Beck. We did. He did Beck, and then they have this thing called Voice of Descent. When uh, oh. it's uh, the podcast is called the Very Best. And uh, if you disagree with them, you they'll uh, they'll let you uh, go on a diatribe. So they did back, oh, and they did not fun. mention any songs from Odelay. So that was my that well, was my complaint. I, but they I, did a good job. They're fun. I, it's a fun ch- show. You guys should all check it out. You know, you picked uh, Sea Change last week, and I wasn't. I familiar, did. I wasn't familiar with it. So on the eight-hour bus ride to Washington D.C., where seventy-two seniors got me sick. Um, I listened to Sea Change and it was Sea Change and it was great. Oh, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I'm a I'm a fan. Really terrific stuff. Um, and we drove, was it 81 north in the western part of Virginia? It's just that long stretch of highway where nothing happens. Oh, dude, and you joined it late because you come from Carolina. I mean, like from Knoxville, it's it's an hour and a half to the border of Virginia, and then it's forever. It's forever. It never is. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's one of the one of the weird places on the East Coast where you can drive in an interstate for a really long time and stay in the same state. Well, you like the West Coast diagonal. Oh yeah, no, let alone West Coast is just full of those moments. Like Nebraska on eighty is like eight (laughs) time zones. It's forever. But eighty-one in Virginia is the closest thing on the on the East Coast for sure. All right. Well, real quick, uh, as long as I've brought DC up uh, so so perfectly. Uh, one or two favorite things that you have to hit when you're in DC. Better Jeff, who wants to go first? The African American History Museum, yeah, which is new is just fantastic, amazing. amazing. Off the hook, can't recommend highly enough. Yeah, just awesome. So great, Jeff. Uh, the Holocaust Museum is um, devastating, and we yep. do those back to back. It's like here's DC, <laughs> boom and boom. Um, and then you scrape them off the ground and pour them back in the van yeah. for the long drive home. That's great. Um, the Library of Congress is 
the most beautiful building in DC. Walking into that main hall, yeah, it's nice. Looking up at the ceiling, ah, oh, knocks me out every single time. Anything overrated in DC besides the government? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know what you're fishing for there. I mean, I grew up there. I think it's all a little overrated, to be honest. Like. People who live in D.C. assume nothing else happens of substance anywhere else in the world. Sure. And they talk in acronyms. Like when I come home and have lunch with my friends, they're like, well, the RNCO did the B.O.B. at the J.O.B.Y. And I'm just like, the hell are you all talking about? And they say it's it's they had this like insider culture yeah. lingo slang. Yeah. Beltway culture. I as somebody who moved away 30 years ago, when I come back home, it feels very self-referential and navel-gazy uh, and a little bit out of touch. I, I think that's okay. a fair criticism of DC is that it is fascinated with itself to the point of uh, where I'm mildly irritated. Right, right. It's also like for a world capital, it's weirdly like uh, Paris, London, and yeah. Tokyo are DC, New York, and LA, Mexico City yeah, is like that yeah. too, where it's like all the biggest businesses are there, all the entertainment's there, and the government's there. What do you think about that? Yeah, and we don't do that at all. <laughs> yeah, it's DC so is just weirdly just this little, like one part of it sucked out in place there. Right, right. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Uh, Brazil's like that, isn't it? Like, yeah, totally Brasilia. Brasilia is uh, just government here. All right, I've got to get to a new segment. Uh, Ooh. As I was. Bringing it's, a new segment with the fever. I'm it's impressed. Timmy's fever dream. This comes yeah. from a fever dream. I was like, well, you know, we have we've done births of 2003 and deaths. What, what if what if they had to figure out dead or alive? Was this person born in 2003 or did this person die in 2003? That I can do. Because there I was on my deathbed, not knowing if I would make it. So I'm going to give you the clues. You have to figure out who the person is. It is a person who either was born in 2003 or who died in 2000. This is a fantastic little wrinkle. I love this. Still boycotting. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, by the way, I was working through the ad placements for Electrocast. And Thank you, Electrocast. Uh, and um, listening to earlier versions of this, Ben, where you were cleaning up in this little contest back in the day. He doesn't like to lose. He lost once and then he boycotted for the rest of the Here we go. Singer, Tryon, North Carolina, female, black, jazz, soul, Jay Tandon, I knew it was going to be hard. So this, this is okay. hard. This person died. Okay. In 2003. 2003 from Tryon, North Carolina. Tryon, North Carolina. Yeah. Name a black jazz soul singer. Who did? Who did? Jazz soul. Etta James. No. Yeah. I didn't know really how to describe her genre. If Jay Tan is listening right now, he's. Nina Simone. Nina I have no Simone idea. is correct. Oh, uh, look at that. All right. Next person. Singer. Nina Simone. No kidding. <laughs> Female. Filipino. Trader. Driver's trader, license. Like, like traitor to a to a cause or trader of yes. goods and services. Traitor to a okay. cause. Driver's license. Deja vu. What in the oh, hell? Oh, is it Olivia you? Rodrigo? It is Olivia oh, Rodrigo. Oh, nicely nice done. He was born in 2003. If Flannery ever. She's fantastic, by the way. She's so great. Okay. Timmy, you and I are making a deal where you're going to choose her record when we get there. Oh, I, 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 I've already got it. Good. Um, all right. Let's see. Huh. I'm going to go with this guy. Singer, male, black. Luther Vandross. Soul, <laughs> large, 
I still stick with Luther Vandross. Sex. <laughs> What'd you say? Sex. Sex. Large sex stole. Soul. Okay. Male. Foreplay. Marvin Gaye? No, he died in 1986. No. Foreplay. Ah, oh, it's Barry White. Oh, you got to do uh, release all the snakes from a Simpsons episode <laughs> where he helps Lisa save the snakes from whacking day. <laughs> oh, I just, right. I listened to Barry White this morning. That's disappointing. Oh, I should have got that's that. That's a yeah. shame. That's a shame. All right. Well, let's get to our three albums. Our three albums. Who goes first? I think it's you, Jeff. All right. Um, so sometimes you'll be shocked to hear that I get things wrong. I know it'll become to an enormous surprise to the two of you and to our listeners that I'm occasionally wrong. This is a band I was wrong about. Um, blew off and just couldn't find my way into until they had been pretty popular for five or six years. Uh, and I have gone back and really fallen in love with uh, this record. And the reason I couldn't do it is because sometimes the hype around a band is so much or is so seemingly so stylized that I get that kind of arms folded. We'll see about that response to them before I even hear them. Wait, like they're stylized or the hype is stylized? The hype is so stylized. Wow. Right? Like I, okay. when, when something's overhyped, in advance for me, I'm a contrarian, right? Like I'm a Gen X guy. Like you tell me you're about to have the greatest thing ever. I'm like, well, we will see about that, right? Uh, for example, dear listeners, Ben is traveling to uh, Copenhagen next week. And where are you going, Ben? Is part to of your... ask him about this. Yes. Yes. Where are you me, going? It's part of your- uh... Cannon And Dahlia and her boyfriend are gonna go to Noma, Copenhagen, which is uh, sometimes ranked the best restaurant in the world. Right. My immediate Sometimes reaction wow. to that, Ben telling me that was not, I'm so glad for my friend that he gets to go do this thing. My <laughs> reaction in my head was like, oh, college boy. Like, I can't <laughs> help it. I can't help it. I hear that Ben wants to go to the number one restaurant. Well, what I want to do is stand outside the number one restaurant in the world with my arms folded and go, and, and then go snarky. get a hot dog and yeah. be snarky about it. Right. Yeah. So okay. this band, the problem with this band is they had an unbelievable background story. And I mean unbelievable in the truest sense of the word. It sounded too good to be true. You've got three brothers and a first cousin whose dad is an itinerant Pentecostal preacher. And they are homeschooled by their mother as they are driven around the American South in their childhood in a broken down Oldsmobile wherever the dad can get a revival tent preaching gig these guys decide to become a rock and roll band get a major label deal and put out a record now that is a great story but i couldn't help but feel like oh come on right like i mean it's just too perfect that a bunch of dudes that grew up like following their dad's religious epiphanies around the american south would become a rock and roll band that plus the fact that they name checked Thin Lizzy, the Rolling Stones and the Clash crossed with the Pixies and the Velvet Underground. It sounded like it was made in a lab to, for rock critics to love. First, this record came out, it, especially in Europe, people went crazy. The, the New Music Express review of this debut record uh, said that this is the record the Rolling Stones have been trying to make since 1968. That's Whoa. heavy, Whoa. heavy praise. So I gave it a cursory listen and I was like, man, that's fine, but whatever. And the problem was the second record was not very good. And the third record was a big experimental swing and miss two or three really great tracks and a bunch of half baked, half cooked ideas. So I never really had an opportunity to get back on the train. In the fourth record, their fourth record came out in 2008. And I actually put it on by accident. I think maybe maybe Ben sent it to me or somebody told me to listen to it. And I was grading papers and I just put it on. And by the fifth song, I was like, oh, I love this. Right? Like, 
where has this been my whole life? Right, right. I went back to the first record and I love it. It's actually my favorite Kings of Leon record, which is my band of uh, for 2003. Youth and Young Manhood, made by three brothers and a first cousin uh, in 2003. Uh, they put out an EP with a bunch of these songs on it, but they re-recorded it and did a better version of it. This is a great little kick-ass rock and roll record. I love how unassuming it is. I love how, how tight the recording is. There's almost no reverb on it. It sounds like it was recorded with one microphone in a half an hour, but not in a lo-fi way, but just in a very basic, simplistic like these guys are just learning how to play. And rather than cover it all up with a bunch of overdubs and crap, you just hear a bunch of kids learning how to play music together. They, they, I believe the bass player is 15 years old when this is recorded and he's putting dots on the frets to know where to put his hands because he's oh, such a rudimentary player. Wow. Doesn't matter at all because these guys are wow. great songwriters. They have great taste and they don't get in their way. Right. And they do get in their way in albums two and three, like it's a little too much. And then I really love that fourth record. It's like only for the night or whatever it's called. Um, anyway, Kings and Leon go on to be a huge band. They fall apart. They come back together, they fall apart. But the, I think the place to start is this great little 12 song, 35 minute record with one little three minute banger after another. Um, because of because of where I live, I'm going to play California Waiting for my song but there's uh there's a bunch of great little songs on this record and uh if if you love kings of leon i get it if uh if you don't really like kings of leon because like me you uh you you know avoided the hype and then they became too big um you're missing out because this is great stuff and here's california waiting from the first kings of leon record youth and young manhood by kings of leon fader button that's being a pain in the ass so that's a my bad edit ladies and gentlemen yeah that's all right that's all right and and, and it's okay because they were already forgiving us because i'm sick uh ben did you send the fourth album to jeff oh dude so i'm gonna take a little mini victory lap here yeah on multiple occasions as well he should on multiple occasions i've been like jeff jeff like jeff presses on me and he was right and, and that's why i love this this was one where i really wore him out and i couldn't believe they didn't like this first record like i was really into this first record um jeff if you will give yeah. the first just give five seconds of genius which is my oh favorite yeah song on it. uh it's a great just listen to the guitar here. part it's so good hold on a second here we go So great got so my great. attention so and his like the singing and, yeah. and one of the things that's hard is that and just right the second and third records i mean it, first of all it's really hard to put on one good record and then it's it's especially hard to follow it um the band that i have here their second that i'm going to pick here it's their debut album this year too and their second album's not as good it's just really really hard to do it guitar parts are crisp and the the singing in particular though He's got this round, yeah, mumbling man. 
like uh like low moan to it you know what i mean like oh just, i love it and when but then when he cuts loose you can really hear the vetter comparison but it's when he's choked in that i love it the most like his his restrains parts on the verses are great and there's a lot of great moments of restraint like holy rover novocaine is all about tension and release molly's chambers same thing yep. it's a great it's a great record and you're right i just i don't i really it must have been it was a tough year for me too like this is the divorce year and uh um this is a feel good like have a good time record and i was not having a whole lot of good time in 2003 Fair. so i i, I could have just been that and uh, and i you know I was really happy to be able to go back and like this record. Like it made me really happy to rediscover it. And this is definitely a Ben victory for sure. Yeah. And yeah. It's, a, like, it's a great it's a, record. It's an old school, new school Southern rock record. Yeah, too. man. It's really got a lot of Southern rock flair to it, which made me happy. Yeah. It's like Leonard Strokes Skinner meets Pearl Jam. Like there's a whole bunch of really great ingredients in this record. Play Bonnaroo is a tiny act in 2004 headliner in 2010 there you go there you go fun i I remember reading like the new york times back in the day when i would get the the sunday new york times and they had a big article um so as you were describing this this family and this pentecostal minister i'm like wait a minute this sounds really familiar and i i remember it from the article uh more so than the music so i've never i never bought the album oh great article though (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, you're not supposed to love the big hits of a band that's like your cult band, but 2008, like that use somebody song kicks ass. I even, I even really like sex on fire. Whenever that song comes on, I'm singing along. I'm sorry. This song called sex on fire. Yeah. And it's such a sing along. I mean, I've made an ass of myself. I'm sure at many a red light going like your sex is on fire. It's great. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) All right. Nicely done. Ben Barton, what are you picking for 2003? I'm picking my favorite album of 2003, even including the Outcast record. I almost chose my favorite song from this record for 2003. I'm super pleased to have the chance to choose it today. The Yeah, Yeah, Yes have put out two different EPs before 2003. They hook up with Dave and they're getting a lot of buzz. They're a fantastic live act. There's a huge rush to try and sign them. They decline to sign. They decline to sign with a label. They get Dave Sitek, who is not famous at all. This is of the soon to be TV on the radio fame, but not famous at all. He's just, he literally had like, like been a roadie and videotaped them on their tour on these EPs. They bring him into the studio. They just do it their own way. They're like, it's us. It's Sitek. We're going to record it and they cut the entire record and they're planning and putting it out on their shitty Chicago indie label. Interscope comes in and is, and this is again, like Interscope the same year that they're putting out 50 cent, the A&R guys at Interscope are like, listen, we're not gonna, we're not gonna touch it. We're gonna put it out exactly the way you want. You have complete artistic control, sign them. It's a gigantic hit. They are, I mean, medium sized hit. They, uh, the AIS are the part of three different large-scale music trends in the early 2000s. First, weirdly, uh, they are a guitar, drum only band. Karen O is the singer, but they're a trio where there's only two dudes who play instruments. Um, There's the guitarist, Mark Zinner, and I can't remember the name of the drummer. So they're they're actually in the same category as the Black Peas and the White Stripes, wow. even though okay. they don't appear to be. Yeah. But they are because they don't have a bassist. And Jeff will know, first of all, Jeff will be mad because they don't have a bassist. But second, when you have just two, two instruments, you've really got to fill a lot of space and you got to work super hard to do it. I don't get tired of doing it, which yeah. is why the Black Keys records come with a bassist and a whole horn. By the time the Black Keys are done, they've got a horn section. It's like an orchestra with them. It's like, I need 38 so dudes behind me. It's, I never, they, ever, ever want to just carry everything myself. They, they should really be called All the Keys at this point, oh, that band. They've got totally. like everybody up there. They're right, like, no, they're the like White Stripes Fire. The White Stripes <laughs> stayed a duo, but I mean, but every other band that he was in was not a duo. Um, they are part of the New York Garage Rock or really just basically remember we've gone through these series where like in Seattle, they signed everybody in London, they signed everybody, New York in the 2000, 2003 range, they're signing every band that could play. 
So is this like a jet? No, no, that's no. later. So it's the Jet's Strokes, the strokes. Interpol, LCD Sound System, yep. Vampire Weekend, and the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs all get signed and all put out records. Okay. And it's a little bit weird to group those because you're like, those actually don't seem like they're all the same bands, um, but they are all from the same basic scene. They all get signed. And I guess, I guess career-wise, Vampire Weekend is my favorite. This year-wise, though, it's definitely Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. Like, I just thought this was fantastic. And... They're female-fronted punk band. Um, so they're right there with Slater, Kinney, and La Tigre and the other things that are happening. Um, and it's actually a little bit more like La Tigre because it's really avant-garde as much as it is punk. So Karen O oh is um, half Korean, half American, born in South Korea, comes over here, goes to um, Oberlin. It's an Oberlin band. Two-thirds of the band is from Oberlin. And they're Let's like go. weird art kids at Oberlin. Let's go, yeah. But she transfers to NYU, finds a third member of the band, hauls in the other dude from Oberlin. They come back, and they're just doing this, this crazy show. They're a legendary live act, which I sadly did not have a chance to see um, in their heyday. Uh, when you are a duo, there's a couple of different ways to do it. Um, the guitar and the drum both have to take up a lot of space. So one way you can do it is the Black Keys, White Stripes way, which is where you just fuzz out the guitar and you just go maximalist in terms of the Led Zeppelin sound of it. It's like just a total blue sound where you're trying to play the bass and the guitar at the same time. The other way you can do it is you can, and I'm not saying this guy's the edge. I'm just saying you can do it the way U2 does it where you use technology to fill in the space. And that's what's so really, really, really amazing about this record. It has both. Um, there are so songs that are just these big, broad, banging um, sort of like guitar parts. But then there are other ones where he's using looping and he plays a guitar part and he plays another guitar part on top and he plays another guitar part on top of it. And that's how he fills all of the space. Um, and that's my favorite song. Maps is my favorite song from this record. Now, Maps was is the song everybody's heard on this record. Okay. It wasn't released as a single to 2004. It's the third single off of this record, which is kind of insane. It was my favorite song immediately for a personal reason that I'm going to share. In 2003, our daughter, Dahlia Claire, is two turning into three. And our daughter, Georgia Poe, is just born. It's her first year of life. It is also... The beginning of India Kincannon's political career. Hey now. So we moved to Knoxville, Tennessee in 2001. We're there for two years. We've made some good friends. India's had a good time staying home. And, but this is a bless her heart and no one could blame her. She was done staying home. She <laughs> yeah. had enough. She really badly wanted to get back to work. <laughs> um, and when we lived in Arizona, she went to Princeton for public policy school and then she worked for the legislature there. She was like, you know what? It's really hard to get anything done as a policy person. You know how you get things done is you get elected. You convince people, you get elected, then you get to go in and, and do the things that you want to do because you've actually convinced people that they're a good idea. Our local school board member retires. India Kincannon joins a six-person crowd to try and run for this seat, having lived in Knoxville, Tennessee for two years. Okay. She takes nine months and knocks on every door of every voter in this um in the the, the voting area like it, she in was just, she really oh, got yeah, to don't. every door oh dude she she <laughs> this is so this is 2000 to, this huh? is 2002 and 2003 this is yeah. before obama runs she hires a data analyst she gets the data analyst to go to the election thing where nobody had ever heard of this with CDs and he burned discs of the voting registrations for everybody in the district and their voting history. Then she made the guy create an algorithm and put the people in order. She had a list of the voters in order from most likely to vote to least likely to vote. And she just went down that list and knocked on everybody. It was amazing. Just based on whether, not who they voted for, but whether they actually got to the polls. Likely it's the thing of, it was a nonpartisan race and, and she, nobody knew who the hell she was anyways. Yeah, uh, right. This, and it also was a less partisan time. Now she would have, like, now they sorted by by uh, likely voter also. Yeah, right, right. right. Huh. Dude, she just worked and worked and worked and worked. It's an amazing story of triumph, and I am not trying to take that away. That being said, <laughs> that <laughs> is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful love song between Karen O and her then-boyfriend. Um, where he's in another band and he's getting signed and he's like really, really trying hard to make it in the music business. And she's trying to convince him 
that that's not the love that he, he needs. And the chorus is, wait, they don't love you like I love you. Wait, they don't love you like I love you. Stay with me. That's the chorus of the song. And um, this is a song that just meant a lot to me that year. I listened to the song over and over and over again. Um, part, not just partially to come to grips with this with India. Um, and I, I feel like I've done a pretty good job of it. I've been a pretty supportive um, political husband. And also I recognize that it makes her super happy. That being said, you know, it's hard. It's yeah. a hard thing to have uh, your spouse or anybody you love be so outward, outward focused um, and to share so much of their life, energy and love with other people. Jeff, if you will start at minute one of match, right at one, oh, oh, we'll get a verse, we'll get a chorus and then you'll get this amazing bridge where you can hear the guitarist go. Fever to Tell by the Yeah, Yeah, Yes. Did she ever have to have a conversation with you like that was like, hey, you're not you're not supporting me enough in this? How dare you, Timmy? No, the short answer to that is no. I've been pretty good all the way along. Yeah. She would have to have conversations with me like you're wearing yourself out. You're, you, you need to like take it slow. Like some of the times that I was trying to be supportive, I would tip over into being just in a full lather. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But it is because my wife is academic dean and she puts herself out there and she's, you know, helping to run a school. And I'm like, why don't you just you know, come back and just be just be a classroom teacher and, uh, you know, oversee uh, croquet in the afternoons or something like that. We actually don't have a croquet team. That's the joke. Um, but she has. But if you did, somehow one of the two of you would be in charge of it for sure. <laughs> But she has a wonderful ambition and she has wonderful gifts that she thinks should be shared and that need to be shared in order for the school to be the best it can be. And it's like, yeah, how can you, how can you not support that? It's hard. Cause what yeah, a, no, the actual, the harder one, and now we're really getting into personal, but um, when she decided to run for mayor, that was a tough conversation to have with our daughters. Yeah. Um, oh, right. Our, yeah. My, our daughters were in high school. And uh, my younger daughter's a big introvert. And she was like the first person who's like, I hear your mom's running for mayor. I'm just going to crawl under my desk. Um, and my older daughter, it was your senior year. And she was like, I just assume, you know, you're not doing this my senior year. And it was an amazing conversation. I, and um, I was like, look, I, I want to, I want to make sure that you understand that we, we hear you. Um, but I also want you to want to be clear. And I'm going to say with my outside voice, like, she can't, these things, these opportunities don't come every year. Right. She can't run right. next year. She can't run when you graduate. I mean, she could, but yeah. I mean, like she's got a chance to be mayor of Knoxville, Tennessee right now. It's a dream job. Yeah. And listen, if, if, and when it's your time with your dream, you tell us and I've got your back, I'll do whatever you need. But, right. that's, but that goes for everybody in the family. You know what I mean? Um, and so we had to set a really good, for me, it was a really good conversation. <laughs> My dream is you not, is you stop playing Radiohead forever. <laughs> that's, that's my dream. <laughs> uh, good stuff, Ben. 
Jeff, what do you got to say? Oh, I'm, I mean, what else is there to say? I like this record a lot. I liked uh, It's Blitz, even the third one where she does squishing the egg on the yeah, cover. That's right. I mean, I this, this is a good band. Um, I actually randomly saw them too, Ben. Uh, oh, is that true? Where'd you see them? At the BFD. Like they used to do this big. Uh, Let's have 47 bands at Shoreline. They can each play for 15 minutes, you know, at, uh, at the start off the summer. And uh, so I was went it to, 2004? When did you yeah, say? it was this year and or the next year, like the summer they toured this. Yeah. They were great. They were the, I, they were the one of the few things I remember about that day. I mean, they were yeah. great. Um, and there's like you said, uh, you know, I, I, there was a point in the duo thing where the absence of low end was just cantankerous. Like, it was that mini moment where like, I mean, and as a bass player, like I went to plenty, I started hearing about all these sessions where like, you know, they're not going to bring a bass player because it needs to sound modern. And uh, the difference between sounding modern and sounding shitty uh, for me, like the low, there's a reason we all love the low end, like it completes the sound. So I'm happy that we've moved through that moment in record production oh, but yeah, it's not like they it, tour with the basis now yeah of course they do because you know partly because they probably have hearing loss and they need it i mean that's the other thing that i think is so funny it's like as you get older you can't hear as much on the high end so like we better put something in there that my ears can still hear and so you put in a low end you know like uh, you know uh, legacy uh, rock bands sound more and more and more boomy as they get deafer and deafer you know? that is brilliant what a, yeah what a, i don't mean to like i, I First of all, let me just say, Karen O's great. She's yeah, fantastic. Yeah. The lyrics are amazing. Her voice is beautiful. She's the front to the band. So I'm not trying to say that it's the guitarist band. That being said, he's not technically amazing. No, but he he's is super tasty. innovative, especially super on this tasty. record. This is one of the things that's harder why the second and the third aren't quite as good. Is like, it's, it's only so many different ways you can ring notes out of that instrument. You know what I mean? And it, yep. this, this album is really, really super. The, the, the first song of the record, Rich, like the beginning oh, yeah. of that song is like, oh, oh, oh. like I, the first 10 seconds of this record, I was like, in, 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 where do I sign? Yeah, that's oh, really true. Here, let's give everybody that too. Here we go. Uh, let me give you these the are first. harmonics on the guitar. On yeah, this is great. This is so fun. I mean, how, what a great start to a record. For sure. So and all of the drum parts are like that too. And the reason why is it's you got to do the Keith Moon thing because you got to fill up so much space. Yeah, you know man. I mean, there's just like a lot of room for the drummer to meander. All right. Um, let's bring this puppy to a close because I have to, I'm the one that has to freaking listen to us. Uh, no, no, hour. no. There's no listening. Like you're going to, you're going to no, print. No, you're going to print there, and upload. There's Boom. been a couple of coughs. I have to go back and get rid no, of those. That's, those it's audio coughs. verite, man. People are going to feel your illness. <laughs> I right. I protest any edits, ladies and gentlemen. You're going to get it. We really promise warts and all, and we're, we're, we're giving by, warts. By the way, COVID negative. Uh, I wanted to make sure everyone knew I did take a COVID test because I was like, oh, my God, this is it. Um, no, then, uh, but, but a doctor who is a... Um, a mother of one of my players on the volleyball team, she's like, influenza is going around. So I'm kind of like the Grammys. I'm behind in the uh, time. Have any of the three of us had COVID? I can't remember. Nope. Not so that's yet. interesting. That's a knock on wood. Hey, 40, 43% of America has now had COVID. So uh, it's huh. statistically unusual that the podcast with three members would not have at least one of us. So, All right. Well, let's... Um, What's your record, baby? So here's here's the thing, guys. It, uh, over our time together, I, I noticed that sometimes um, you don't like clever. You don't like mid-tempo. Uh, Uh-oh. Jeff, you keep mentioning a word. Uh, is it twee that you mentioned? Yes. Well, how do we define twee? Twee is something that's precious for the sake of being precious. Uh-oh. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'm a little nervous about what I'm about to roll out to all of you. You know what we could do? We could we could do it like a um um like what do you do with your therapist? Word association. Ready? So I'll just say a word and you guys say the first word to come to mind. Okay. Like let's let's uh let's practice. Ready? You think that's what therapy is, by the way? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm playing that's... word association. 
So I'm gonna. <laughs> That's say, the best part of the whole pod. That's the header. I'm gonna oh. say, ready? One, two, three. Sun, moon, mother. <laughs> They're all gonna be mother for me, Tim. You said it was therapy. <laughs> Um, all right. The shins. Albuquerque. Okay. Is, we're going is the with, shins your band? The shins. Shoot. There's nothing wrong with that choice. Yeah, I know. Jeff Shoots likes the shins. Too narrow. Let's go with the, the first song, Kissing the Lip. Shoots Too Narrow by the shims. Called to see if your back was still aligned and your sheets were growing grass all on the corners of your bed but you got too much to wear on your sleeves it has too much to do with me and secretly i want to bury in the yard the gray remains of a friendship scar This is my favorite Shins record by a lot. I know the O Inverted World is the one that made their bones and has the biggest hits. Right. This one, this one's a little bit more up tempo and takes puts some electric guitar in, and then they drop off a cliff for me. I did not like the third and fourth records nearly as much. I don't even so, know what they are. Wincing the night away, and I think it's called Port of Morrow is the fourth record. I'm trying to figure uh, out how I came to this band. I, I, Garden State. You came to this band from the movie Garden State. Oh, I would guess. I love Garden State. See, I and that's my that one kills me. I did not like that movie, and I was so annoyed by the use of Shin's music in it that it kind of turned me off the band. But when I first heard this record, independent of that movie, I I did think it was really good. Okay. But that Garden State movie really irritated me. You, you, you were a fan, huh? Why didn't you like it? I thought it was a little twee. <laughs> I'll be honest. Isn't that the one that's the big, got gerbils running all around the room and a big giant track in one scene? Like every scene's got something in the background that means yeah. something. And, a lot of and cleverness. A lot. Very clever, clever. And I like Zach Braff. I don't have a problem with him, but uh, yeah. I did not like that movie. Uh, ben Barn, what do you think of The Shins? Oh, wait, you're muted. Still muted. Still muted. Like the movie, <laughs> like this record, they fell off a cliff after this record. Um, that's where I'm at. All right. Look at that. Yeah. Wonder, Wonder Twins activate. Um, Did they have anything to do with the postal service? No, I don't think so. Do you mean it, the U.S. Postal Service or that, that band? No, the, the, postal band service? the band. <laughs> Are they, uh, they not? No, one of the guys? Oh, oh. Okay, That's I'm Death not. Cab. Isn't Death Cab for Cutie connected to the Postal Service? I think I associate all that. Like I accept. There's Death a reason. Cab and Postal Service and the Shins. Yeah, Bell they're all. That's Bell all. And Sebastian. Up. They're all in there together for me. It's like a big orgy. Travis. <laughs> Rilo Kylie, except for without Jenny Lewis. Uh, all right. Have we covered everything we need to cover about 2003? I'm pretty sure. Uh, pretty good. good. Tim, you did so well. You, you sounded really well coherent done, and cogent. I'm Way to go. Go take am, a... Am, now, am I correct that we're actually going to try to do one of these while Ben is in Copenhagen? Yeah, so when do you fly out, Ben? Thursday. And so Sunday night... Which is Sunday what? Morning. Tuesday afternoon for Ben? How the hell are we going to figure that it's out? Seven, it'll, be like, it'll be like 9 p.m. or 8 p.m. my time, Copenhagen. 1 p.m. Tim's time, 10, 10 a.m. my time. All right, we can but make let, that work. Let's let's make sure though. Like we will easily take a week off. 
uh, and our listeners will understand. So if you guys are doing something super fun and it's family time, uh, please do not interrupt. What, when is the Nomo reservation? That's Saturday afternoon. We're going so, to all right, Saturday So lunch. you'll have gone to Saturday Nomo. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll have That's my only requirement is that I'll we get a, a Nomo explanation. And by the it's, way, it's Noma. I'm a little concerned. Let's just get the pronunciation <laughs> correct, friends. Tell, <laughs> tell Noma we'll give them a little bit, bit of a plug. Uh, yeah, uh, you might be able to get like a free dessert, like a little, a little piece of little extra cheesecake or whatever they serve there. It'll be like a gold leaf. It'll be like a um, it'll be like a infused like squid floating in perfume. I'm pretty sure there's going to be no free dessert. I don't think I they're going to give you a free dessert. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm excited that. But you know re- what? The, I'm hoping. My hope is that there's an all-you-can-eat soft serve thing, like Golden <laughs> Corral, so I can get, really get it on. Get it, Ben. Get it all. No ma. No. That's ma. actually that's my 2004 story. That's my favorite story from being on tour. It was 2004, and we were in an all you, we were in a hometown buffet in Kansas, all you can eat. And the kid in front of me at the soft serve with just was like, Gunk, and he had like a giant plate from the from the steak bar, and he's just going and going. He's making like a giant mound of ice cream, and his dad comes up, and I'm waiting for the dad to say what oh you expect. God. He said, "Boy, what are you doing?" Instead, he put his hand on the kid's shoulder and said, "That's right, boy. Get it." <laughs> get it all <laughs> i thought for sure you were going to tell the story that the the mirror story to my buddies and i going to golden corral third year of law school oh. where my friend ashby put his head under the machine yes. and put no. the ice cream in his face and we got booted that'll do it <laughs> pretty much that's why we're an educational podcast to make sure people oh. at, at corral. I forgot. all right gentlemen have a great, great night. Well done, fellas. Have fun in Denmark. Hey, yep. safe travels. Safe Indeed. travels. Love y'all. Hey, if you Love want to bring that boyfriend on as a guest, you uh, you feel free. Oh, welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's No, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again on this show we come to humanize athletes entertainers business executives we're going to see what makes them tick tuesdays 10 a.m pacific time on spotify apple amazon and wherever you get your podcast we'll see you there peace and power electric acid hey there i'm dc i host the rock podcast back to the arena the interviews it's about a 30 minute podcast where i talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the interview. Electric Acid. Electric Acid.